sets. He'll face Tommy Haas in the second round. Number one's Novak Djokovic and Serena Williams also through. The Raptors will hold a news conference at one this afternoon at the Hershey Center in Mississauga, well, where they'll unveil their new D-League team. R.A. Dickey gets the ball tonight as the Jays welcome the Red Sox in for a four-game series. Clay Buckles starts for Boston. We'll find out who goes into the Hockey Hall of Fame this year. The announcement coming at four on TSN 2. Nicholas Lidstrom, Sergei Fedorov, and Chris Pronger favorites to get in. Now back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050 Toronto. This is Leafs Lunch, brought to you in part by Lease Busters. Ah, relief from your car lease. Go to leasebusters.com on TSN4 and TSN 1050, the voice of hockey. Leafs Lunch brought to you by Lease Busters. Get out of your vehicle lease ASAP. Over 200,000 customers per month looking to take over your lease. What a relief. Go to leasebusters.com. Mark Hunter calling in. He will join us here in just a moment. Brian Hayes, Craig Button around the table. Race coming up in the 1 p.m. hour. Lots of things to get into from the weekend. We will talk a lot about the Leafs and who they drafted and the rumors and reports coming out of Florida and what they might do next. July 1, right around the corner. Uh, but also a lot of news league-wide. It was... It was a wild weekend. I think a lot of people were focused on what the Boston <laughs> Bruins were doing. You know what I'm focused in on right now? What's that? So we just I just have a list of uh, the Canadian teams who they drafted. And it's amazing. Like, I mean, Rasmus Anderson, Malmo. No, he played in Barrie. That's where he played. <laughs> okay. You know, Brock Besser, first-round draft pick. Sioux City, wrong. Waterloo. And then we got a player here who was drafted from the Sudan. Sudan. Is that right? Montreal drafted a kid from the Sudan. So I don't know where this website is or whoever put this in, but whoever you are, you better get a lot better than that because that is pathetic. <laughs> That's some groundbreaking <laughs> stuff. Sudanese players now well, heading to the uh, NHL. Uh, this says Sudan. I know there was a Chinese kid that, I know, that got is, drafted. This is the 87th pick. Okay. Sudan. Did you did you scout in Sudan? Did you get there, Craig? <laughs> no, uh, I think I, I think it was a problem getting a visa to go there, okay. so I backed off. Well, let's see if Mark Hunter ever got there. Here's Mark Hunter, the uh, Leafs director of player personnel. Did you ever get to the Sudan to scout for the draft, Mark? No, I didn't, guys. Uh, I like to say would could have, but I didn't. Did not do that. Okay. Mark, I know you well enough, and, and you're lying. Not woulda, coulda. <laughs> How much travel did go into uh, scouting for the draft? How crazy was it the uh, three, four, five, six months leading up to it? Yeah, you know what? I, I enjoy scouting parts, so it, it's not a job to me. Um, it's, it's lots of traveling, of course, but uh, when you enjoy go watch hockey games, it uh, it doesn't feel too bad by uh, planes and automobiles and going everywhere. It's not it's not a it's not a terrible thing, but uh, yes, there is lots of travel. All right, so let's begin with the uh, first pick you guys made, the fourth overall pick. Uh, we all knew McDavid and Eichel would be off the board. There was speculation Strom would be off the board at three, and that turned out to be the case. So based on the consensus out there, a lot of people were thinking the decision was either between Mitchell Marner or Noah Hannafin. Take us through the deciding factors. Why did you guys decide to draft Mitch Marner? Um, you know what? I really liked him. I, of course, everybody knows I, I drafted him in London when I was in London. Uh, um, he's we really believe he's got a, a lot of upswing still. He's physically not developed. Uh, he's still only 160, 165. We really believe once he gets physically stronger, uh, up to 180, uh, he will be uh, he'll be 
be outstanding hockey player. But so that was kind of the one of the things we were leaning that way because of his size and his physical strength. So uh, of course we liked his hockey sense and his skill. And um, he's a young man that uh, is very well, very driven to be a hockey player. And I knew everything about him, so I felt very comfortable in uh, drafting him in that pick. You know, Mark, uh, your former teammate. <laughs> Our dear friend uh, Brad McCrimmon, who you won a Stanley Cup with in 1989 with the Flames. Uh, and, you know, you played against Gretzky, and people wanted to always say, oh, nobody ever tried to hit Gretzky. Well, I was with Brad one night, and people were challenging him. And, oh, you never tried to hit Gretzky. You never tried to hit Gretzky. Oh, he goes, we tried. We just couldn't. He goes, no, you didn't. So Brad looked at the guy, and he said, you know, have you ever tried to hug Fogg? The guy looked at him. He goes, that's what it was like trying to hit Gretzky. And the reason I bring that up is because that's how I feel about Mitch Marner. I think he's got that great ability to be elusive. He's here one second, gone the next, and becomes very difficult to, to check and, and, and really keep uh, you know, at bay. 100%. I mean, uh, I mean, that's one thing when you talk about hockey players, especially these kind of players are not physically strong enough yet that uh, they can't be getting uh, whacked around or being constantly hit. So he has that knack to get out of the way and uh, use his skills still to get scoring chances and make plays at a, a consistent basis. With Mark Hunter, the uh, Maple Leafs Director of Player Personnel. So you guys went into the weekend with the 4th and 24th pick. You selected Marner with the 4th, and we're down there, we're on the floor. We're like, okay, let's let's get rocking here. Who's going to be there at 24? You guys move back to 29 and pick up the 61st pick, and then we're focusing on the 29th pick. You guys decided to trade that back to the 34th, and you also received the 68th. So take us through that philosophy, why it made sense for you guys to move the 24th pick and then ultimately move that multiple times, step out of the first round, and load up on later round picks? Well, we felt that we could add two more picks, and uh, the guy with uh, Dermont, uh, who we took, we, we felt good that we might have a good chance to get him in the 34th, 34th hole. And, you know, we were lucky we did, and we feel good about getting him in that hole. So it worked out uh, uh, to get him, and then we got two picks where we could uh, take somebody else that hopefully comes in and plays for Leaf at some time. You know, let me go back to that too, and I—I I mean, just uh, to expand on that, and 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 I, I know this about you. I, I've been there, but that philosophy—I I know at 24 there was players there that you said I know that you liked, and I know at 29 there would be players that you liked. So as you're trying to deal with the overall organizational philosophy, and and you're trying to add more players and give yourself more chances uh, at getting players in the Leafs uniform, you know. Like when you're going through that, and you, and you know there's a player there. Hey, I like this guy. You know, this is a guy that I like. Like, what what kind of what what are you feeling there as as the director of uh, player personnel? Well, you know what, it is always tough to to pass on somebody else you think that could have went in that spot. But you know what, we just we we thought we had somebody we could get in that 34th hole that we thought would be there, and we felt very comfortable with him, but. You know what? It, it, there's other players that, of course, that we liked that uh, got drafted ahead of us. So, you know, it's something you sit there and you go, ah, gee, maybe we could add him. But at the end of the day, we, we uh, our 
Greg, we felt very comfortable with the Dermont boy and really believe he's going to be a hockey player and, and come in and do the job for us. You know the way fans always react to drafts, 5, 10, 20 years down the road. They look back and say, oh, man, they took this guy, but that guy was available. Or they took that guy and three picks later, this guy went. Um, what about when you're in the game? What about when it's you that actually has the skin in the game? Do you do the same thing 10 years down the road? Will you track who went 24 through 33 and – kind of compare them to what you guys did later in the draft? You know what? I'm a, I really judge how you – a scout, that's how you judge yourself of who went in between and you did you make the right decision of doing that. And uh, That's just the business. And if, you, if you're not willing to do that, I just don't think you get better as a scout. So I, I think it's important that we, we do that as a group and judge ourselves and see if we did make a mistake or we did the right thing. With Mark Hunter from the uh, Maple Leafs front office. Uh, Going into the weekend, of course, people were focused on the draft picks and what you guys did with them, but we were also curious to see what else might happen with the roster, uh, with the the actual NHL players that you have on the roster today. And you walked out of the weekend without trading an active roster player. Take us through that. Why were there not any trades featuring roster players? You know what, I seem like a lot of the teams to me were really focused on the draft. It was a lot of draft picks getting switched back and forth, but it wasn't as much talk about players. Uh, I was actually surprised about, about that. Maybe it'll pick up here on Wednesday. But there there wasn't as much chatter as we all expected, and, and uh, there was no deal close to being done. Was that based on the salary cap not going up as, as high as maybe some people thought it could? It could have been. Uh, it just seemed it was really quiet, and uh, I, maybe the – you know, it would open up here right now on Wednesday where there's going to be more stuff happening because there's not a lot of free agents out there. So how do you guys respond? Because Shanahan and company, everyone's aware of what happened this past year. And Brandon's come out and said, listen, changes have got to happen here. Uh, he hasn't pointed to any player in particular, but I think we all know based on the season that uh, we just went through, changes are inevitable and they do have to be made. So if teams aren't calling you, when is the tide turn? When do you guys pick up the phone and try to actively make a trade on your own? You know what? We are, we are trying to discuss right now on uh, players, but, it, it, you know, the process is of, of looking at Mike Babcock as a coach is, 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 is we look at is to get these players better. Uh, we feel very good about Mike uh, uh, getting these guys to play up to their ability, and, uh, um, and I, I believe he could do that kind of job and uh, make this team better and make them more accountable. And, and uh, if if you go around the league, we all uh, all the managers in the league would uh, agree with us. So now, Mark, I mean, the inevitable cry, I mean, I was asked it right after you selected Mitch Marner, do you think he can play for the Leafs next year? And I just said, I just scoffed, I just laughed, I just said, give me a break. So that being said, you know, you get asked that question. What do you want to see Mitch Marner do in the next 12 months, uh, you know, from a, from a playing standpoint? Well, I think he's, we got to make sure he's playing both ends of the ice because it's, 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 it's important when he gets here to the – to the Leafs that he can play 200 feet, which we know he can um, uh, still get his points, of course. Um, but the last thing is getting physically stronger, uh, Craig. I mean, it's 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 adamant that it's it's important that he does that to to get stronger, to uh, from the whole from upper body to lower body, just to get more strength. Because I, I think he's a I think he's a real good skater. I think he can be an outstanding skater when he gets more strength. So how important is it for for Mitch to take and, and the, the experience of being around Max Domi this year who came back as a 19-year-old, 
dominated at the World Junior Tournament, was was one of the very best players in the entire CHL. And, and, and keep that in mind. I mean, every player says, I, I, I want to make the Leafs, but to really be realistic about that and to take those those lessons that Max, you know, really shone brightly there in London. Yeah, he did. I mean, I've, you know, as credit to Max, I mean, you know, there's other players, other nitro-olds in the league that uh, went on and played, and, uh, you know, Max didn't get down. He was a captain of the London Knights, and, and uh, he, he had the right attitude. And that's important. Um, of players uh, getting better. If you if you sit there and solve, you seem to takes time to get your game back going again. Where Max has had a great year last year, he's ready to go for Phoenix, and and it's a credit to him. That's where Mitch has got to watch how Max was very professional, uh, grown up. Uh, he was a grown up person, took it the right way, and knew he had to get to do this and this and this to get better to play in the National Hockey League. And I think Mitch would uh, understand that by watching Max, how he handled the, uh, the situation in London when he got sent back. We always appreciate you taking time for us. I know it's a busy time of year. We'll do it again soon. Thank you, Mark. Okay, guys. Thanks, Mark. Mark Hunter, Director of Player Personnel. With the Maple Leafs, and uh, 